You have just entered the Rocket Metal Combat Podcast with Ralph Vieira, also known as Dr. Fuck, Ian Wiley, the Ayatollah of Alcohola, and Terrence Reedon, the Rock Sponge. Now spread those ear holes and let them turn your brain to mush. This is the Rocket Metal Combat Podcast. Hey everybody, it's me, Dr. Fuck from Thrash and I, with another exciting episode of uh, the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. And this is a very special episode, because not only do we have the alcoholic Ian and the the brainiac Terrence, but we have a very... Thank you very much. We have a very special guest all the way across the pond from jolly old England. His name is Josh. How you doing, Josh? I'm bloody excellent. Oh, man. Are you like... Making up that accent, or is that how you really talk? No, I'm anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, who's, uh, who, who was jamming with a band last night called Dead Republic, and uh, y'all should check them out. You guys got a Facebook page? Yeah. All right, cool. So check it out. Check out Dead Republic. And uh, n- this week, we're going to be talking about not one, but two Iron Maiden albums. Uh, we're going to talk about No Prayer for the Dying and Fear of the Dark. Um... You all probably know how I feel about this album. If you don't, then just keep listening and you'll hear what I have to say. Uh, I really don't have no backstory of the first time I hear it, because to tell you the truth, I don't kind of remember that that much. But maybe uh, you three guys uh, can talk about uh, overall these two albums, and then we'll get into track by track. What do you say? Will do. I'll start. I first heard No Prayer for the Dying at at Christmas of 1990, and... To be quite honest with you, I didn't really have much of an opinion because I had five other albums I acquired that Christmas, ranging from Rush to Megadeth to Pink Floyd that I acquired. So No Prayer really kind of went on the back burner, especially with the three Rush Cynthia albums I acquired at Christmas. And then, you know, and then I just recently rediscovered No Prayer for the Dying. And funnily enough, I actually prefer it now than I did when I was a 14-year-old. And uh, you'd be surprised on what songs I actually do like now that I didn't when I first heard this 20-some-odd years ago. Now, we'll let Josh for a change talk. Um, okay. When I heard um, No Prayer for the Dying, I actually brought um, that and Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, um, both at, I brought them both at a shopping town near me, where I live. Um, I brought them both for £10 because it was on a deal sort of thing. And I think I like. I. No Prayer for the Dying was, for me, I brought it first, but I only listened to like specific tracks off of it. I mean, I was really, um, I really got big into Hooks and You, but, um, and this, and you'll find more, find more about my opinion on this album as we go through the show. I don't reveal too much now because I don't really have much to say about it. I didn't have any prior feelings about it. I just thought it was a really cool Maiden album, basically. Uh, no prayer. I, I'll, I'll never forget this. I walked in the record store. I had no idea it was coming out. Uh, I didn't hear any press release before. Like, hey, man's got a new one. I just walked in. I saw a maiden. I was like, oh, well, fuck shit. I got to buy it. And uh, I loved it out the gate, even though it was different. Okay, so uh, let's go into the tracks. Uh, I'll start it off with the, with the first track on the album called Tail Gunner. Uh, this one, it reminds me a lot of, of Aces High, actually. It's kind of like Aces High Part 2, 
Uh, they're kind of repeating themselves a little bit, but Aces High is such a kick-ass song that I don't mind them repeating themselves with this kick-ass song, and they made a video for it. And uh, I love Tail Gunner. Well, what do you think of Tail Gunner, Ian? <laughs> uh, wow, that really pisses me off because that's what my notes said was Aces High Part 2. Uh, yeah, totally. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's not bad. Not a great song, but like once again, you hit the nail on the head. They repeated themselves. It's a it's a bastard version of it of Aces High, but uh, it you know they ch tried to change their style up a little bit and try to get more shorter songs, uh, rougher arrangements. Uh, you know, uh, I would like to hear this live. I never got to hear it live. I would like to, but I'd like to hear Paul Diano sing it. But that's another story. What do you think, Terrence? Uh, Tail Gunner, let's see. Uh, an excellent way to open the album. Um, they did repeat themselves with Aces High, and then one. And this was another song about the famed plane used to use the atomic bomb. But then Rush covered it with Manhattan Project on Power Windows, talking about the pilot of Enola Gay and things. So Rush wrote about the Enola Gay before Iron Maiden did by five years. But still, Tail Gunner isn't a bad tune. What do you think, Joshy boy? Tail Gunner, it's obvious what the song's about. Um, lyrical and, you know, thematic differences between that and ACSI come on a minute. Um, this is more about the perspective of um, one of the gunners on a ship and not a pilot. Um, Tail Gunner, great song. Really love the intro, really good start for concert with, really cool video, they dug some crowd noise into it. Just a kick-ass tune, basically. <clears throat> And I might as well go into track number two, which was the first single from the album, Holy Smoke. AKA some call it holy shit, but I think the song fucking kicks so much ass. Or as Clint Eastwood said in Heartbreak Ridge, it kicks recon ass, hoorah. Fucking, what more else can I say? But fucking recon, hoorah. Now your turn, Ralph. Okay, um, this song was the lead off single. This is actually the first song I heard off the album. And I think this is uh, one of the reasons why a lot of diehard Maiden fans don't like this album. Uh, because of this song, really. Because this is like the first time Maiden like actually recorded a song on an album that kind of has like a sense of humor to it. It's kind of funny and fun. And Iron Maiden aren't really known for that. I mean, I'm not counting like songs like Black Bar Blues and stuff like that. It was actually B-sides. Talking about an actual an album cut that has like a kind of like a tongue-in-cheek comedy to it. And I think it turned off a lot of Maiden fans because, uh, you know, a lot of people don't like uh, humor and music. And believe me, I know this because I'm in a humorous band. A lot of people hate us because a lot of people, you know, they're born with a wild hair up their ass and they can't get into, like, you know, fun in music, you know? They, a lot of people take music like it's fucking rocket science. But again, uh, I get the humor and uh, I think it was the one thing I can say about Holy Smoke, the uh, negative, because I like everything about this song, except for the sloppy guitar solo from Janik that I'm not a fan of Janik that you will hear me rant about him a little bit more during the episode. But other than that, I think it was recorded a little too late. I think they should have recorded this way back in peace of mind where people like weren't too used to Maiden being so serious every album. Because they did get a lot of shit for uh, Number of the Beast by the Bible Thumpers that I think Holy Smoke would have fared better on Peace of Mind. 
great song, fun song. I'm nothing against it. And the video, especially the video itself. Yeah, the video is pretty humorous itself. Josh, tell us what you think about Holy Smoke. Holy Smoke, great song. I mean, the production of this album, like for this album, they recorded it at Steve Harris's barn, but they recorded the album in a barn. But they had the mixing desk in Rolling Stones mobile recording studio parked outside. Um, so yeah, that's why it sounds so raw. And I think um, the production it suits some songs like this one, but other songs not so much. <laughs> All right, um, my I, I like that Josh added that. I like Josh did his homework, and I love that they did record this in the barn. And with the engineering desk and Rolling Stones mobile. I love that. I love that you did your homework, Josh. That's what I asked. Uh, This song, it's okay to me. I I don't hate it. I don't love it. It, uh, But it's made in getting with the times. Kind of like, you know, Ozzy did it with uh, Miracle Man, you know, and Dio started doing it. They started doing more like topical subjects in their songs. Uh, Next, we go into the title track which is by far my favorite track of the album, No Prayer for the Dying. Of course uh, it is. This is, to, to me, this is just a great, great uh, track. It's it's epic without being 13 minutes long. You know, it's not Rhyme the Ancient Mariner length, but it has a great feel to it. A great... <laughs> I think, I think uh, Josh fell asleep, bro. Oh, Josh doesn't like it. Oh. Well, I, I for one love this track and uh, and uh, I, I totally see why it's the title track. I love it. Jo- Josh, you tell me why you don't like it. Screw uh, the song. It's boring. It's, it's a bad remake of Infinite Dreams. Brilliant song, this one. Production doesn't suit it. The, the drums sound floppy on this track. That floppy sound suits some songs on this album, but not this one. Screw this song, I don't like it. Go on, Ralph. Well, I, I'll I, let Terrence, Terrence, you say what you think about okay. it. Okay, the title track to No Prayer for the Dying, I can sum this up. Not a bad song, but not their best one either. There's plenty worse, believe me. And this song was actually used in a commercial for safety belts in 1991 with those, those crash test dummies. One of them was voiced by the late Lorenzo Music, famed for his voice of Garfield the Cat. And Bruce Dickinson, at the end of the commercial, says, Please buckle up or you'll wind up like Eddie. Oh, I think I've seen that. Was it an advert advert that said, don't be a dummy? Yes. 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 Yeah. The song was used in that commercial. And um, when I first got the album, I was like, sheesh. You know, the fast part of the song is fucking great, but the slow part was, eh. It was a poor man's rewrite of Infinite Dreams because Infinite Dreams, to me, was just an epic song. What does Ralph think? Give the title "Sweet to No Prayer for the Dying." This is a groundbreaking episode right now because I disagree with both you, and I'm with Ian on this one. This song is awesome, and I love the mellow part. And I hate Infinite Dreams. Fuck Infinite Dreams. This is the better Infinite. They took Infinite Dreams and made it better on this song. Yeah, how do you like those apples? You hear me, England? Do you hear me? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, Whoa! Did you hear what Terrence just said to me? He said to go fuck myself, Ian. Oh, I'll I, I, I tell you what. He this is a groundbreaking brought, episode, man. He, 
He found an ass that tasted better than yours, and it's from <laughs> the jealous. other side of the pond. I'm jealous. Oh, oh, he wants an ass that's like scraped with marmalade. Yeah, he broke up with me. He's going with Josh. <laughs> God damn it. All right. Hey, so, I said uh, it wasn't a bad song. I said it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great either. Oh, oh, oh no, don't backtrack, bitch. Don't back. <laughs> All three of you are wrong. All three of you are wrong. All three of you. I, right. I, 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 res I respect Josh for holding his ground. No, God. no, Josh, Josh, out of respect to you, I will agree that I am totally wrong when I think Infinite Dream sucks ass. I'm wrong. I'm wrong, but I still feel that way. All right, so the next song is called Public Enema Number One. The only thing I don't like about this song is the title. It's stupid. Public Enema <laughs> Number One, but I think it's a Public cool Enemy song. Number One. No, it's Enema. Enema. Oh, sorry. It's actually Enema, which is dumb. But well, I actually so. like this song. It's kind of heavy. Uh, it's kind of seven. It, it, it kind of sounds like it was something like a, a seven uh, song type song, kind of like Infant Dreams, but. Um, but but better. I, I like uh, Public Enema a lot. So uh, what do you think, Josh, of Public Enema? All right. Public Enema number one. Um, it's a cool tune. Uh, some of the songs on these albums, as good as they may be, how memorable are they going to be? You know, how many Maiden fans are going to are gonna go? Like, when was the last time you heard someone say, oh, yeah, my favorite is... Off the, uh, my favorite Maiden song of all time is Public Enemy number one. My favorite Maiden number of all time is No Prayer for a Dying. When was the last time you heard someone say that? I've never heard someone That's... say that, Josh. Exactly. Exactly. Except Ian. <laughs> uh, I never said that. Ian. How the memorable factor is the case with some of these songs. It really is. How memorable are they? Public Enemy number one. I like it. Regardless of how unmemorable it may be, it's a cool tune. I've always, I've always really liked this one. Um, it's about political stuff, you know, main game of grits, how someone, say that, how someone could say they really care about the environment and they do anything they want to protect it, but then they drive off in a cloud of smoke. That's what Bruce Dickinson had to say about this song. I found that online before we started this. Yeah, well, okay, it's a cool tune. It's about all I can, about all I can, say, all I can say, really. Um, so-so, as far as I'm concerned, as Public Enemy number one goes, it's a so-so song. Uh, Rush wrote a better song about the environment at that time called Red Tide on the Presto album, as far as I'm concerned. But this song is so-so. I can take a leave. What do you have to say, you drunk, lush Ian, you bastard? <laughs> oh, I, I love it. Now Now Rush is the new Genesis, where they wrote a yeah. song like this, and Pink Floyd wrote a song like that. Um... Like but, you. Uh, I'm, I'm, we kind of all agree. It, it's an okay song, but it is filler. Uh, once again, for Maiden, it's more modern lyrics. Uh, you know, different different topic. It's it's an okay song. It, it's not bad. We all like, eh, it doesn't hurt, but it doesn't tickle our fancy either. And no, then I, that leads... Actually, oh, I'm sorry. actually no, I, I really like this song. I don't think it's an okay oh, I'm song. Sorry. I disagree with all three. All three of you are right, and I'm wrong. But I do. I really do like Public Enema a lot. Then we go into Fate's Warning, uh, which is another filler song that I, I enjoy. I enjoy. It's not a bad song, but it is filler, especially for Maiden. Uh, I'm surprised this made the cut. 
It's not bad, but it's it's definitely it's not up to par with what's on the albums that preceded this, in my opinion. Um, you know, it, this, this couldn't even have made Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, but it's still okay because it's Maiden. What do you think, Josh? Face warning. I really like this song, and um, I think it's better for the track than Public Enema Number One. Um, I really like it, especially musically, with the guitar solos and everything, with the bridge, and then it goes into the two guitar solos, but probably by Dave and Yannick, they probably should have sold on this. Um, this song is about how you could die at any time, and who knows why or how. Okay, Fate's Warning, which ended side one of the cassette version of No Prayer that I had. Um, uh, I'd call it so-so. Ralph will probably like it, much to my chagrin. Uh, no, no, actually, uh, no offense, guys, but as you all know, I, I, I have shitty opinions, so don't take this personal. I'm a moron. Uh, I hate Face Warning. I think it's the worst track on the album. It kind of reminds me of Seven Sun because it sucks. <laughs> oh, that's their best album. Uh, no, no, that album Mike. sucks. That album sucks, sucks, sucks. I hate Seven Sun with the exception of Moonchild and the title track. I do like those two songs. But the rest I can do without. So uh, this kind of reminds me of Seven Sun. It should have been in that that album because it, it was freaking lame. Ralph, the Evil That Men Do has the best Adrian Smith guitar solo ever, and you there's nothing straight. you can do about that. No, there's nothing I can do about it. You're right, Josh. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I'm such a moron for thinking Seven Sun fucking sucks. All right, the next song is called Assassin. Now, Assassin to me. It's, it has a little bit of elements of, uh, I don't know, it's kind of got, like, it's it's metal, but it's kind of mellow in a way, the verses. Um, I really do like Assassin a lot, and I just have a feeling everybody's not going to like this one. All right, Terrence, shh, please, don't draw me out. I had a hard time editing myself when you were sleeping over me last time. All right, so... Um, Assassin, I really, really, really like. Uh, probably my second favorite track on the album. Uh, Killers Part 2, may I say? Just not as heavy, but I dig it. I dig Assassin. Ian? <laughs> All right. I will agree. God damn it. I will agree. I love Assassin. And, and you know, if Terrence speaks up again, just... Just edit the, his whole voice out of the episode would probably make it more entertaining. I love Assassin. I love that whole, like, better watch out, you know, and then, because I'm the Assassin. I, I love it. It's 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 different for Maiden. It, it, do, it does sound different. Maybe this could be more like a, a Bruce Solo song, but I don't care. I love Assassin. And, and uh, th- it's part of the reason I love the album. Great song. Josh, what do you think about Assassin? Assassin has the word ass in it. That's exactly what this song is. <laughs> All right. All right, I like that. I like that. Go on, Terrence. One word for Assassin, in my opinion, shit. Because that's what I want to do when I hear the song is take a big fucking shit. And, uh, Josh, you can go into the next song. Okay, okie dokie. It's, it's way past my bedtime. One time with deep, it's, uh, In other words, it's not a good song, right? No. Okay. Boring. Ian? I can't understand how anyone such as you, Ralph, would like it. 
You haven't heard my opinion yet. Uh, Run Silent Running Deep is probably my second least favorite song on the album. Uh, it's not it's not horrible, but it's just boring. There's nothing that grabs me about this song. It, it, it it's based on the uh, on the movie Run Silent Running Deep with Cary Grant. Uh, you know, it's about being on a submarine. Uh, but it's I don't know. It's just it's there. I don't skip it, but I don't say, "Hey, if you never heard Made and listen to Run Silent, Running Deep." Exactly, exactly. Well, thank you, Josh. Josh agrees with me. Um, yeah, it's just this is totally filler, uh, B-side material, in my opinion. But I have a sneaking sub- suspicion that Terrence. I, I want to hear. I want to hear what Terrence says before <laughs> Ralph talks. Okay, how about this? My opinion of Run Silent Run Deep has changed. I think the song fucking rules, drunk boy. Yeah, because you already knew that Ralph likes it, you suck ass. Suck ass. Fuck you, asshole. Fuck you. You know, that's how you think I is sucking ass. Uh, go fuck yourself, drunk boy. Go have another uh, fucking roller rock, cocksucker. You were telling me to do that as well, Terrence, because I hate hey, this song. Hey, hey, Ralph. Hey, Ralph, Ralph, towel your ass off and then tell everybody what you think of Run's Talent Running Deep. All right. Uh, I could just sum up the song. If, uh, if I meet somebody that never heard Maiden, I say, hey, you want to know what Maiden is? Check out this song, Run Silent, Run Deep. It's the best song ever, man. Hallow be thy shit. This song's better than Hallow be thy name. It's going back to rehab. I, I was exaggerating there, guys. Uh, I, I wouldn't point to this song. If nobody knows Maiden, I'd point to Purgatory or anything with Diano first. But I would not, I have to say, yes, this is the best damn song on the album. Run Silent Run Deep rules. Yes, it has the gallop that they've used since uh, Killers. But, you know, it to me, it's, it's Iron Maiden getting back to Iron Maiden. The Iron Maiden I love. The stuff from Power Slave Down. This fits perfectly with that type of music. And I don't understand how you guys can say anything negative about this. I mean, you might as well say something negative about the earlier stuff, like the prisoner and shit, because this is in the same fucking vein as those songs. Run Silent, Run Deep, by far the best song on this album and very obscure song. They've never played it live. Very deep track. And everybody hates it, but me and Terrence. All Star Hooks and You, written by Adrian Smith and Bruce Dickinson, and the song isn't a bad tune. It's not the best song in the album either. Um, I think the song is a very good tune, though. I dig it, and I wonder what Josh has to say about Hooks and You, because I dig it. Hooks and You, I've always liked this song. Always liked it. Hooks and You is about what may have happened between a couple at a house. That's why I could get while researching the song. I've always liked this song, musically. Vocally, everything. I've always liked it. Go on, Ian. All right. Um, hooks in you. Holy shit. I love this fucking song. And this does not sound like, to me, this does not sound like Maiden at all. This is totally, sounds like Bruce Solo. If You know, because around this era, Tattoo Millionaire came out. And it sounds like it totally could have fit on there. But 
it is a catchy ass fucking song. Is it a great Maiden song? I don't know. But I fucking love it. Makes me shake my fucking ass. I dig it. I love Hooks and You. I got a sneaking suspicion that Ralph hates this fucking song, but let's hear what Ralph has to say. Well, something something all three of you have not mentioned is that Hooks and You is part three of the Charlotte the Harlot story. Did you guys know this? Widely disputed. Oh, really? Widely disputed, yeah. Oh, okay. So a lot of people see it. Because Charlotte is not mentioned specifically in the film, the only thing that's related to that saga um, is the, um, has the number 22 in it. That's the only thing. A lot of people don't count it as an official Charlotte the Harlot song. Okay, I stand corrected. Well, that, I, well, I brought it up anyway. A lot of people do think it. A lot of people don't. So it's been disputed. I love that middle section where it goes, Oh, in you. That part is awesome. The rest sucks. Really? Okay, well, 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 what nobody mentioned is this was the first, this, this really wasn't Charlotte the Harlot, this was the first song in the Terrence is a Suck-Ass trilogy. Don't fuck yourself, you son of a bitch. Oh, Oh, okay, alright, no, let me me go into the next one. Alright. I I really want to go into this one. Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter, which I first heard this on the Nightmare on Elm Street soundtrack where... Bruce Dickerson did this solo-wise, and then he took it to the band, and they did it. I prefer the Iron Maiden version, and uh, again, like Holy Smoke, it's kind of a fun song. It's the departure. A lot of people really hate this song. Uh, I don't, but um, I think it's a pretty good song, and Josh, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't this like the biggest hit Iron Maiden ever had in England? I think it was, yeah, but it was still totally ignored by BBC Radio 1, so, yeah. You know, over here in America, BBC means something different. It means means big black cock. (laughs) 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 I'm serious. Anyway, uh, so what do you think think of uh, of Bring Your Daughter to Slaughter, Josh? Bring Your Daughter to Slaughter, really cool tune. Bit cheesy, bit more. Like Holy Smoke, a bit more comical. But the lyric, the lyric, the meaning behind it is very serious. It's about um, girls being afraid of being on their periods. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's about. Wow. Yeah. I like, I like it more now. That's what. Um, that's. I think that's. I think that might have been the mindset Bruce Dickinson had whilst he was writing it for Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, girls being afraid at night and all that. So yeah, I think that's much of inspiration behind the song. But I've always liked it. And I especially like the version on on those um two live albums, Real Life Dead One and um Live at Donington. I think I think it sounds just a little I think it sounds fairly a lot more better on those two albums than it does here. But that's because of the production. Interesting. I, I gotta revisit the, those albums because I really did hate the real live and real dead one, but maybe I should give it another chance. Um Terrence, what do you think of Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter? Let's see. You guys are probably going to shoot me for saying this. The studio version sucks ass. The live version on the real live one fucking rules. As far as I'm concerned, I prefer the song live. The studio version is just fucking despicable. Although it was a number one hit on the in the UK, studio version sucked. Live version fucking rocked. Ian, what do you have to say, you dumb bastard? <laughs> All right. Well, this dumb bastard thinks this song is fucking dumb. I fucking hate this shit. Uh, total, total. Of course I mean, you do. I uh, know, I know, I know. 
Ho hold on, I'm going to give you a quarterback of Ralph's ass to kiss after this uh, review. Um, yeah, I don't like this one bit. Totally fits within uh, Bruce's solo era at that time. Uh, never should have been recorded by Maiden. Uh, even though it is their only number one in the UK. It's just a dumb, dumb rocker that's I think is beneath everybody who recorded it. Uh, it. A damn shame. I have nothing good to say about Bring Your Daughter to Slaughter. What do you think? I Ralph? will. Hey, uh, Ralph already talked about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've just got some more stuff to say about the song. Um... On the Real Life Dead One and Live at Donington albums, and especially on Real Life Dead One, you can hear the backing vocals in like the build up breakdown bit of me. Ah, yeah, you can hear that. You can hear. You can hear the studio. You can hear the studio of that during the breakdown, even though they're playing it live. So it's almost like they're playing a tape through the PA system to go along with Bruce's live vocal, and it sounds really cool. So we're playing the studio backing vocal during that bit during the. <laughs> live breakdown sounds really cool and um, another cool thing is the music video where um, it features the band playing it live but it, it it's um, they put throwing clips of um, oh, what's that film um, Horror Hotel that's what I know it to be but it was called something else elsewhere might have been called something else in America I don't know but it had um, Christopher Lee in it I think I think it's got um Good stuff from there that I think will work really well. Yeah. Cool yeah, that, that 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 movie uh, had a different title in America. In America, it was called Big Black Cock. <laughs> 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 All right, so I'll end this, uh, I'll end this, uh, review, this album with uh, the last track on the album, Mother Russia. To me, it's kind of like the Seventh Son of a Seventh Son or the Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner of this album, the epic family opera type stuff they do, Tame a Lamb. Hallowed be thy name. Mother Russia. What an awesome song, man. Oh, man. If any Agreed. of you don't think this song is bad, it's, it, you, you really need you really need to get checked yourself because this time my opinion's right. Mother yeah. Russia kicks that ass. What a great, great song. A great, great ending. And, and again, this, and I know I'm very unpopular saying this, but this album, well, I'll talk about this album when we're done but Ian uh, what do you think of Mother Russia I love Mother Russia I, I love it I think it is the most Maiden-esque of everything on the sound by far but that being said it is not on par with their other epics you know it's not Rhyme the Ancient Mariner you know it's not Phantom of the Opera it's not Alexander the Great but it is it is a great track but they kept they kept it short, well, they did, which yeah. they did with all the songs on this album. I I do I do love this. I'm just saying, in the canon of Iron Maiden, it's not on par with their other epics. But it is a great song. Everybody, uh, Josh, you give your review, and then uh, you know I'll give my synopsis. But Josh, what do you think about Mother Russia? Mother Russia. Excellent. I've always loved this song. I still get goosebumps from hearing the middle section with the um, Russian chanting and keyboards and everything. Um, everything about the song I just love. This song is about um, literally Russia fin hopefully finally getting itself together after the, um, the fall of communism. Yeah, that's what it's about. 
Yeah. And let me interject here, because Ian was about to I had a chance to speak about Mother Russia. I'm going to own your sorry ass, you fucking drunk motherfucker. Mother Russia owns every other song on this album. To me, it's the best song on the whole album. They saved the best for last. I just stomach through some shit to get to the fucking goods. This song stuck out with me since I first heard it in 90. I still think it fucking kicks ass. Hell, I think it's slightly better than Phantom of the Opera. How about those apples, you stupid motherfucker? Oh, take your medicine, bitch. Take your medicine. Thank you. I agree with Terrence. I agree with Terrence. Thank uh, you. Me, Thank you. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course Terrence, I don't. Terrence, you're not allowed to kiss my ass anymore, man. Fuck that Phantom of the Opera. Are you nuts? That's all I'm wrong. just kidding. I'm that just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, now he's kidding. Now he's kidding. I'm smiling as I say everything, you stupid bastard. Since we have a camera, look at each other. I'm smiling every time I talk. It is on par with Phantom of the Opera. It's just, I love this song. It's, to me, the quintessential song in the album. Ian, go, take, go drink more beer, you drunk. I will. Sorry, but Phantom of the Opera gets let down by the all production on the album. No, that's the it only. Could have been so much better. I agree with Steve Harris of his opinion on the album, which is some people think it's a great album, but to my mind, it never was. Josh, I got a question for you. Uh, there's two songs I want your opinion on. Okay. I want you to tell me what you feel about the song "Invaders" and "Ganglands" off "Number of the Beast." "Invaders," I love that song. I think it's a great album opener. Um, "Ganglands." Village track, but because it's made in, doesn't entirely suck, you see, so yeah. Okay, I just wanted to bring that up to you because uh, uh, Steve Harris and I do share an opinion on those two songs. We both fucking hate those songs. I so, can't I mean, hate the Hey, hey, hey. Hey, don't kill the middleman, man. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Harris hates it too, you know? <laughs> okay, so I can't play bass good. Can't, doesn't my opinion matter even a little bit? All right, no. No, I, I love <laughs> I love Number of the Beast. To me, that's like my favorite Bruce Dickinson album with Maiden, but those two songs always bother me for some reason. So what what time is it in Jolly O' England right now? 9.32. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Stop, stop sucking Josh's ass! <laughs> hey, Ian. I'm an angel follow you stupid fucking uh, Yeah, yeah. Drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know what? Josh is 16. That makes you a pedophile, too. <laughs> hey, let me say this to you. Amy Winehouse once sang a song about rehab. She said, no, you should say yes to rehab. Yeah, no, no, oh. no. No, you no, no. Yes, yes. It's yes, Best yes, song yes. off of Crazy Nights. Best song off Crazy Nights. No, no, no. Beef <laughs> at the night. Exactly. No, I, I love Josh brought this up. I was like, "How do you pick? Turn on the night over fucking my way, you exactly. son of a bitch." Exactly. Wait. You fucked up, Terrence. You fucked up. Shut up, you drunk. You did, okay. Terrence. You did, mate. You did. <laughs> I love Josh. <laughs> if you want to replace him with me, want me to be replaced, uh, Ian, fine. You can replace Josh with me with Josh. I don't care. If you want to fire me, go ahead. Oh, I, I think you will care, though, Terrence. Don't, don't you think you'd get upset if you get replaced? Uh, yeah, I would be. <laughs> hey, 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 Ralph, stop trying to talk him out of it. Okay, so that's uh, our, 
uh, three reviews on No Prayer to Dying and me. Uh, I would have to say I have the very unpopular um, opinion is where I feel like No Prayer for the Dying is the best Iron Maiden album they've done after Power Slave. Yes, that's true. I like it more than Somewhere in Time. I like it more than Seven Sun. I like it more than everything afterwards, okay? I think it's the more uh, get, getting back to the roots type shit. I don't know why people, I guess people don't like it because it has a couple of sense of humor type songs, which Iron Maiden are not known for. And, you know, I mean, how people would pick Weekend Warrior and Fear the Dark and, you know, the Blaze albums and Final Frontier over this is uh, baffles my mind. It just makes me think that, hey, man, do like diehard Maiden fans like metal? Because this is a heavy metal album. This is like the most metal album they've done since Power Slave. And people call it like crap. So I love No Prayer for the Dying. And uh, and here come three opinions that do not agree with me. Terrence? Okay, here I, I correct your ass. The Final Frontier is the best thing they did since Brave New World, which is wow. better than, um, to me, it's in my top five favorite Maiden albums of all time. How do you like those apples? Let me ask you a question. Go ahead. I want to hear your top five Maiden albums. I want to know what albums you consider to be worse than... Uh, Final Frontier because I know my math and uh, the first five Maiden albums are, I mean, come on. There, there's no way that album is better than the first five Maiden albums. So what of the first five or maybe even more than the first five will you consider uh, Final Frontier better than? Let's hear your top five. Let's see. My top five, Final Frontier is at number five. Number four is um, Power Slave. Number three, Seven Sun. Number two, Peace of Mind, and Killers in a Dead Tie. And number one, I'd have to go with uh, Made in England Live 88. So, no number of the beast. Nowhere to be found in your top five. First number out. of the beast. Hallowed be thy name. 22, The Prisoner. Run to the there, there's live versions on Made in England, so right there, I prefer that it's their live counterparts to the studio uh, version. So, I mean, Final Frontier is better than Number of the Beast? It's because, probably because I'm burned out on Number of the Beast, that's why. Okay. Uh, Josh, uh, sum up uh, No Prayer of the Dying for us. No Prayer of the Dying. Because I'm in my favorite band, all their albums are phenomenal, but this one is just good or great. Because of those three songs who I don't like. There it's downfall. And my top four Maiden albums. Um, Killers, my favorite Diano album. Uh, uh, Seventh Son, Somewhere in Time, All As Good As Each Other, and then you've got Fear of the Dark, Zed at number one, baby. What, 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 wait, wait, wait. Fear of the Dark is your favorite Maiden album? Yep. Oh boy, this is gonna be good. All right, uh, Ian, uh, sum up, uh, and I'll give you my top five. <laughs> All right. Uh, give top five after you sum up uh, No Prayer for the Dying. All right. Uh, to sum up No Prayer for the Dying, uh, the production is lacking. Uh, yeah. This, Martin Birch signed his name on it, but I think there's way too much Steve Harris on this. Uh, it was Steve's idea to record it like that. All right, here we go, Josh. Hey, hey. Hey, Josh slash Terrence is where I talk. All right, so production. 
uh, is lacking. Uh, lyrics, it's Maiden trying to be modern, uh, not so much a history lesson. You have the switchover from Adrian Smith to Yannick. Uh, I do love Yannick. I don't hate Yannick like a lot of people do, but um, it's not it's not Adrian Smith. Uh, you know, they recorded in Barn, lack of promotion, but I do like it was shorter songs. It was trying to get back to like the grittier Maiden, and I would I would have loved to hear Paul Diano, you know, take a snap at these songs because. This album, lyrically and musically, is more akin to Paul Diano than is Bruce Dickinson. And uh, and, and and just to, just to back up Terrence, uh, his favorite albums of all time, uh, number five is Striper, Yellow and Black Attack. Hey, easy there, Jackass. That's your favorite album. Uh, his number his number four album is Firehouse, self titled. <laughs> I fucking hate you, Ian. I'll cut the shit, uh, you drunk bastard. <laughs> number n- number three is uh, Cherry Orchards by <laughs> by right. Celtic, Celtic Frost. Celtic Frost. You mean yes. you mean Cold Lake? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Cold Lake. Cold Lake. Uh, yeah. His favorite yeah. concert intro of all time. Yeah. It's um. Human too. That's right. His his number two album of all time is uh, Two Doors Down by Three Doors Down. Okay. <laughs> and his favorite album of all time is Can I Borrow uh, uh, a Penny from Nickelback? Uh, oh, you're dead. Here's your top five. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Oh, oh, Terrence is breaking up. No Terrence, strings attached. Terrence is breaking up. Number three, Baby One More Time by Britney Spears. Number two, Tub Thumping by Chubba Wumpa. And number one, Let Go by Avril Lavigne. How do you like that, you motherfucker? Oh, you guys really are in part with shitty top five albums, man. <laughs> and... My real top five favorite albums of all time are as follows. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> okay. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> okay, Charlie. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 Oh, you don't like it, Terrence? You don't like it, Terrence? When somebody else goes, blah, 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 blah. I think Rush Hold Your Fire is a good album. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. I'm being serious for a minute, okay? Uh, oh, oh, okay. Hold on. Oh, oh, no, no, seriously. Okay, go ahead, Terrence. My blah, 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 blah. Hold your fire. Fire Windows is a good album. Blah blah blah. Blah blah blah. Okay. Blah blah blah. Oh, oh, oh. I, I, I love Grace Under Pressure. Blah blah blah. Oh. Invisible. Yeah, yeah, stop, stop. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. Seriously, in all seriousness, 
No, nobody gives a shit. So now we're going to go into the next album called Fear of the Dark. Fear of the Dark, uh, man, this album I just don't get, um, but I did listen to it again. I have a kind of a different opinion on some things, but on the most part, I still stand by what I said on an earlier episode, uh, which I guess will be a little bit of a spoiler, but what the hell, I'm going to spoil it for everybody. For me, it's like a shit sandwich. You have two strong pieces of bread. You have be quick or be dead, and you have fear of the dark, and everything in the middle is shit. All right? And Josh, I know it's your favorite album, so don't be offended. I'm just a stupid American. All right, so you all, that's all I have to say about Fear of the Dark. Oh, go ahead. You guys take it away. What do you guys think of this shit sandwich? Okay, I'll start. We begin the proceedings with a killer opener, which we can all unanimously agree is a fucking killer song, Be Quick or Be Dead. And it was written by Bruce Dickinson and Janet Giz, and this song just fucking kicks so much ass. Bruce Dickinson finally hitting screens in key now for the first time in so many years, you know, hitting, you know, in a pitch rather than sound like he was choking on something like he did throughout the 80s, but no disrespect to the Air Raid Siren. The Air Raid Siren was back on this album, and the song just fucking rocks, and I actually like the studio version, but the live version on a real live one is a tad bit better. I wonder what Ian has to say about Be Quick or Be Dead. You better like it or I'll kill you. All right, well, first of all, I want to talk about uh, Fear of the Dark. Um... This came out in 92. Uh, this was the first time I ever saw Iron Maiden. Uh, and wow, what a sad show it was. It was a testament and uh, corrosion conformity opening up. And the attendance was so low that they put everybody into the middle of the, uh, uh, of the center section. And that was really, really, really sad. But I think that's why Bruce Dickinson and, and uh, Steve Harris hate America. Because this is where we lost them. This is where we gave up. And in the rest of the world, they were huge. I, me, the I re- forgot to interact, uh, interject. Fear of the Dark did debut at number 12 on the U.S. album chart. So the, the sales were still pretty good here in the States. But it's just grunge was big at the time. Yeah, okay, thanks, but this album did not go gold, it did not go fucking uh, platinum by any means, it, it, it sold poorly, and, and the attendance at the concerts reflected, it was, it was sad, um, and I think that's why they hate America, because everywhere Where'd you else, want to see them? I saw them in uh, Wisconsin. Ah, go figure, that's not a maiden stronghold. They play Boston every time they sell out here. Uh, I'm so, well, I, I gotta say that I did see the show as well, same lineup, Testament, Corrosion, Conformity, and they played a place down here called Sunrise Musical Theater, which was a huge downgrade for them because they were an arena act, and they played a theater, and actually that wasn't... I mean, I remember the, the top section was kind of bare, so uh, Florida wasn't a big market for them either, and they didn't come. They actually came back with Blaze one time, uh, the X Factor, but uh, and they played a club that time, and that wasn't even packed, which was very sad. Uh, uh, it, it was definitely on a downhill slide for them, and No Prayer of the Dying was actually canceled down here from lack of ticket sales. They blamed it on 
some accident Bruce Dickinson had, but we found out later it was because of lack of ticket sales. Anyway, okay, so uh, are you done, uh, Ian, with uh, your thoughts on Fear of the Dark? Yeah, no, no, I was just getting at, uh, you know, Fear of the Dark, Alpine Valley, was, uh, it was a weak show, and it's a weak album. They advertised it on uh, MTV. Uh, they said, ooh, if you like uh, Peace of Mind, you're going to love this album, which made no fucking sense. Once I heard this album, like, this has nothing to do with uh, Peace of Mind. Because this is overproduced and sappy. But, um, if we're going to go into the first song, uh, Be Quicker, Be Dead. I love Be Quicker, Be Dead. I think it is a great song. Uh, it, it's it's made into the T. And I absolutely love it. Ralph, what do you think of Be Quicker, Be Dead? I, I also love this song. And, uh... Very impressed, actually, with Bruce Dickinson's voice, where I think was has been lacking a lot in studio recordings for a while. Um, and this song, I remember the first time I saw it, uh, heard this song was uh, MTV gave the video on Headbangers Ball, and I was like, "Holy shit, made in his back!" And it really fired me up to go out, and I bought this album right away uh, on the strength of this song alone. I love "Be Quick, Be Dead," uh, standout track on the album for me. Josh? Be quick or be dead. Excellent. Can't follow it at all. Um, I think this proves that Iron Maiden could reach out to a more of a thrash metal audience as well. I think if you listen to it, it's definitely one of, my, one of their more thrashiest numbers. Um, this song is about the whole greed and corruption of the political system in the UK at that time. You can hear various references to um, an economic scandal called the Maxwell Robert Maxwell banking scandal. You can hear references to that. Um, Oh, there's a couple of others as well, but I'm not too sure. But yeah, that's what the song's about, and I can't fold it at all. It's excellent, it's a great concert opener. I think I prefer the studio version over the live versions, based on the strength of production. Ian, I love the production on this album. I think I think the kick drum could be raised a bit more in the mix, but the snare sound, love it. Every guitar sound, bass, mixing, the instrument levels, love it. Massive improvement over No Prayer for the Dying. So next is another favorite of mine on this album. From Here to Eternity, which basically I think was the third part of the Charlotte the Harlot trilogy, much to Ralph's dismay. And I think the song kicks ass. I actually prefer the live version on a real live one, but that's just me. I can Every time I hear the song, I just now think of, how the fuck are you, Copenhagen? Then again, the song was better live in studio, but I still dig the studio version. I wonder what Josh has to say about From Here to Eternity, because I dig it. Love it. Love from Maze of Eternity, and I always have done. I've always think it's a really kick-ass tune. The videos kick-ass. It's about um, it's the third, technically the third part of uh, Charlotte Harlot trilogy, um, saga or trilogy, whatever way you want to look at it, or the fourth part, whatever way you want to look at it. Um, yeah, this is about a death going on a motorbike, motorbike ride with the devil, which and that happens in the second verse. Oddly enough, thought it would be a third verse for that, but anyway, um, it's errant. Better on the... You yes. like the real-life Dead One version. I mean, really. Can you hear Nico McBrain's backing vocal in the chorus after they say Eternity? It's really low down in the mix. Um, like, after we go actually, Eternity, you can hear him go, T, T, Hell is my metal Eternity, T. Hey, you can hear it. It's fairly low fun. down, but you can hear it. You'd have thought when Steve's mixing like, the album, you'd take it fun. out directly like that, but no, he doesn't. All right, uh... <laughs> 
from here to eternity. I hate this fucking song. This sounds of like you do. I know. This sounds like third rate fucking Motley Crew. Um, I need someone to bring that up. Yeah, t- t- terrible. Uh, does not deserve Shark the Harlot or 22 Acacia Avenue. This is bullshit. Um, it is. I mean, it, it, it's it's really bullshit. Uh, I, I love Iron Maiden, but this is an this is them tr- this is them grasping at something that uh, they shouldn't even try to reach for because they're above it. Uh, I can't stand fucking from here to eternity. Ralph, what do you think? Uh, I have to agree with you, Ian. Oh, um, shit. Of course you yeah. do. It's, it's Ian and Ralph against Terrence and Josh. This is a groundbreaking show. I got to say, I haven't agreed with Ian so much in, in, in ever. And uh, But I will say this. I did listen to the album again. I haven't heard it in so long. And from here to eternity, it, it has... Actually, a couple of decent little parts, but as a whole, I still didn't like it. And they made a video for it um, that I didn't like either. Um, uh, it, it, it blows. Uh, Ian, what do you think of Afraid to Shoot Strangers? I love the lyrics. I, I, I think it's a very, it's a great song lyrically. Musically, very boring. Very boring. I relate to it. I, I, I relate to it lyrically because at that age, I was like, holy shit, am I going to get drafted into Desert Storm? I mean, seriously, when that happened, I was 16. I was like, fuck, is this going to be my Vietnam? You know, am I going to go off to war? I mean, th- those were like legitimate fucking concerns. And I do think it's a very good song lyrically, but musically and overall... Very boring, very boring, and and of the time, uh, it doesn't age well. But I appreciate what they were trying to say. What do you think, Terrence? Here I correct your sorry ass, you fucking drunk. Afraid to shoot strangers is the best fucking song in the album. How's that? The song is just so fucking epic. I mean, the song, you know, the lyrics said it all about the you know the war the desert storm going on since i'm autistic i didn't have to serve thank goodness my dad was serving at the time he actually was reinstated in the army at the time and um the lyrics steve harris brilliantly wrote and what else can i say about afraid to shoot strangers but i fucking love this sign i love all six plus minutes of it and i think josh will have to agree with me me and when i say that isn't that right josh very right terence song's excellent Everything about musically, the music really fits the lyrics, I think. You don't want it to be massive rock romp and everything. You want it to be just like darker, bit more bit more mood setting. You want it to set the mood of the lyrics and I really think it does that. Okay, Josh, we just met today. I mean, um so basically you are kinda like a stranger. And um I'm not <laughs> afraid of shooting selecting this song. You too, Terrence, I'll shoot both of you, man. You guys are wrong. This song sucked. Fucking boring. <laughs> boring as hell. <laughs> Fuck this song. Fuck afraid of shoot strangers. I'm not afraid to shoot you. This song makes me want to shoot strangers that like it. Okay, so um, then we go into a song called Fear is the Key. 
what is this, a concept album about fear? You know, I'm, I fear this album. All right, fear is the key. Uh, opening riff is pretty kick-ass. I love that. It, it, pretty cool, but then it loses me like the rest of this fucking album. Uh, Bruce comes in and it's just like, ugh. Uh, uh, fear's the key is uh, is shit. Uh, Josh, what do you think? Fear is the key, brilliant. Love the music at the opening <laughs> riff, and then the, the groove, the groove it goes into the whole. Excellent. And Maiden are talking about. I think this is, lyrically, this is the most realistic album Maiden have ever done. This song is about AIDS. It, it makes sense because when I heard it, my ears got AIDS. Terrence? Well, here I school you and Ian once again, and I agree with Josh. <laughs> the song fucking rules. Here's the key fucking kicks recon ass when I just rebought the CD in April. I was actually rocking my balls off to the song. I actually had it to the point where my ears started to scream because the song fucking screams rules. And. I love this album, and Ian, I think you're going to disagree with me on, and Josh, on Fear is the Key, because I know you hate it. Well, no, I mean, I'm going to say, I'm glad Josh is here for this episode, because Josh did his homework. This song is about AIDS, and uh, it's about what can happen when you suck dick. So, Terrence, you need to listen up, because when you're sucking on Ralph's dick for this song, you're going to catch AIDS. Oh, thanks a lot, man. You're insulting me more than him. Shut up, man. Well, I I love you, Ralph, but you do have a sickly dick. And fucking Terrence is is totally in trouble here. (laughs) Because he's going to get AIDS and bad karma off of your dick. Um... This is a very generic song. It's it's okay though. Your it's, mama. It's filler. It is totally filler. Um, once again, it's made him being topical, and I would rather a history lesson. But this is them being current. But it falls on deaf ears to me. Uh, next song. They should have. They should have called it "Fear Is My Cock." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa. They they should have been called. Fears your cock, but Terrence don't care. So the <laughs> the next song is Childhood's End. Uh, Childhood End goes nowhere slowly. Uh, this is total Steve Harris, and uh, man, this is where Steve Harris needs filter. Uh, in production, in songwriting, a lot of times somebody needs to tell Steve Harris, like, hey, you're fucking up, and this is a prime example. It's boring. It's slow. Um, I'm not a fan of Childhood Zen. What do you think, Ralph? Uh, I think, like, this song has, like, these components that are, you know, nice elements, but it just misses the mark, and the middle section is just completely complete, uh, predictable, safe maiden that I came to hate from somewhere in time forward. The little, like, and a little melodic guitars, and, and it just goes nowhere. This song is just... <sighs> Maiden's Childhood's End was an excellent song. Not not their greatest song, mind you, but hey, I dig it, and I guess Josh will have to probably dig it as well, because... Excellent. The, this, the bits about this song are 
love of it's just the intro riff is just so epic, it's brilliant, and then it goes into it. Da, 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 da. The drumming during that, the whole. They can hear in the left and right speakers, you can hear them on both sides. It's just great, it's just brilliant. Um, this song is about suffering and pain in the world. Listen to it, so obvious. Suffering and pain in the world, you know. We take these things for granted, but somewhere someone's dying. Come on. Wasting Love inside one of the original cassette version of the album. It's track number six on the CD. And this was the second thing that I saw from the album on MTV. And I think Wasting Love is a fucking excellent song. Kicks so much ass. And what else can I say about it but an excellent song. And it also was on a real live one. And uh, I wonder what Ian has to say about Wasting Love. Because I know he's going to give me some shit about liking it. Oh, God. Oh. Wasted Love is about the sperm your dad shot your mom. This song is fucking terrible. Uh, it, it should not be on an Iron Maiden album. This, oh, okay, it might be able to be on a fucking Bruce Dickinson solo album, but not on an Iron Maiden album. This shit was fucking horrible. But it's like, oh, fuck. Uh, four years ago, everybody else had a hit with a power ballad. Now let's try it. And it didn't fucking work. It's a terrible song. Your dad should have pulled out. This is horrible. What do you think, Ralph? Oh, man, yeah. It's like, hey, hey, Brucey, let's write a power ballad. Let's do something power ballad so we can get a hit. Because it's been a while. And, you know, Seven Sun didn't do too good in the States. And neither did, uh, you know, the last one. So let's get a power ballad and let's get a hit off her. But they are not good in power ballad. And, uh... To, to misquote Terrence, this song sucks, recon ass. Wasting Love, okay. Um, bit of a change here because it's probably my least played track off the album. Probably, but still a great power ballad, it really is. It's about um, the emptiness of just, play, of just um, using sex as like, um, just having sex with people, just having sex with prostitutes, just willy-nilly and not entering into a proper relationship. That's what he's trying to put across in the song. And it's also more obvious that if you um, watch the video, you can see the guy carving um, that woman's name into his body. I'm like, shall I start off the Fugitive then? Yeah. Go ahead. Fugitive, okay. Fugitive. Guess how I feel about this song. You love it. Yeah. It's probably based off a TV series. That's what I did in my. Re- that's what I found in my research. That's probably how it's. That's probably what they based it off. Anything else to say? But just a kick-ass tune. Love it. I concur with you, Josh, on uh, the fugitive. And um, before Ian bashes the song like mad, um, I agree that it was based on the TV show The Fugitive, which it was. And in retrospect, they should have used it in the movie because the song just fucking kicks so much ass. I agree, Josh. Ian's probably going to give me some bullshit for liking the song, but hey, he's drunk. What else do I know? Alright, uh, The Fugitive. Uh, it's based on a guy that should have been arrested for sucking Ralph's ass for about 12 episodes. Uh, oh my god! This is this is a horrible song. It, it's, it's a third-rate assassin. And that that's a bad thing, is assassin isn't even a great song. 
But compared to this, it's a fucking fantastic song. Uh, the Fugitive, uh, not so much. This is terrible. Uh, God, they are grasping at fucking straws. And it sucks that me and Ralph are agreeing so much. But for once, I think he has something good to say. And I think Ralph has nothing good to say about Assassin. Well, The Fugitive. You got that right. All right, uh, there you go. And, I, and actually, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but isn't The Fugitive TV show the same uh, as The Prisoner, right? Or no, it was a different. Well, no, what was the name of that show with The Prisoner? The Prisoner. Uh, you know, the intro to The Prisoner? Who are you? Prison. You are number yes. one. Yeah, that, was yes. that was The Prisoner. Oh, the name of the show is The Prisoner. Okay, okay, I stand corrected. Anyway, um, yeah, The Fugitive sucks. And, you know, I will say this. The movie, what Terrence brought up, the movie with Harrison Ford, uh, The Fugitive, was an yeah. awesome movie. You know what made it even more awesome? This song wasn't in it. Oh, All right, next we go into Chains of Misery. All right, Chains of Misery. Okay, let's let's change the topic. Um, Chains of Misery, I mean, change the topic on your side. Uh, Chains of Misery is so memorable. Hokey, lame, sucks. Next. Oh, very sad uh, review there, uh, Ralphie boy. I'm impressed because I think Chains of Misery is an excellent tune. Not the greatest Maiden song in the world, but I fucking dig it. And I will have to forward this to Lushy the Drunk Ian, who probably hates this song. Because I well, dig it. Well... That's where you need to do your homework because Lushy the Drunk loves it. Uh, to me, this is hooks and really? you. This is hooks and you part two. It has no place on an Iron Maiden album. It's way more of a Bruce solo song, but it's so goddamn catchy. I fucking love it. I love it. I love this goddamn song, and I don't know why. It probably has something to do with the alcohol. But this is a fucking catchy song, and I dig it. What do you think, Josh? <laughs> I don't need to answer that, do I? All yeah. two of you, Terrence and you, you nailed it. Love the song. Chorus is anthematic. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant song. For my research, it's about um, I, it's probably about um, it says it's about little, it says it's about that to. Temptation to mess up your life really badly. That's um, it's, uh, this, this person said it was about that little devil on your shoulder who's always tempting you to do do something really bad. That's what the person who wrote that said. That's what I've got from my research. Yeah, you kind of hear it in the chorus. He's got your chains of misery. <laughs> I love that chorus. It is awesome. It's excellent. Carry yeah. on. All right. Okay. That sucks. All right, the, the, the next <laughs> song, Apparition, uh, funny enough, it is a song about, it's, the Apparition is about a guy that has a little, little devil on his shoulder and a little angel on his shoulder as well. And the devil is saying, write a song that sucks. And the angel's saying, yeah, 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 write a song that sucks. So they wrote the Apparition. So that's what that song's about. Uh, what, do you get, what do you think, Ian, of Apparition? Uh, I hate to admit it, but it's sketchy. And once again, it is it is not. You know, it's also catchy AIDS. I I, I know, I know. You know what else is get? Hep C. I got it from your mother, but it had a beat and I could swing to it. Um, the apparition, I think, is an okay song. 
Once again, it's not an Iron Maiden song. It has no place on Power Slave or fucking Peace of Mind. It, it's more at home. Or Planet Earth. <laughs> ah, that's a good one. Uh, it, this is definitely more of a Tattoo Millionaire song. But I like it. I ain't gonna lie. Uh, it's not a great song, but it's not a bad song. I love the apparition. What do you think about it, Terrence? Oh, I'm gonna have to concur with you, Ian. And I agree with you. The apparition is an excellent song. I mean, to me, Fear of the Dark has no weak moments. I mean, the only weak moments were anything after without Dickinson or Deano. That's just me. But the apparition, I concur. An excellent sign, and Josh is probably going to agree with me on that, right? Yeah. Thank you. Um, the operation, um, I especially love the middle section. With, with the instrumental, and the guitar solos and everything. Like, it starts off with that keyboard pad in the background doing my da 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 then it goes into a fast then it goes into the um, into the Irish bit it's what I call it and then um, after that it goes into another couple more guitar solos and back into the verses um, this song is about um, a ghost an apparition a ghost that comes by to, to give you give you some tips about and tell you about life basically well, they were thinking when they wrote that, and that's what my research got. That's what my research said, and that's what other people said about it. So, yeah. Seems legit. And I'll go into the next song. Judas, be my guide, and Lord Jesus Christ is my guide. And this song is my guide, because I think it's a kick-ass tune. And what else can I say about Judas, be my guide, but... Hallelujah, praise the Lord, thank God it, that song was written. Ralph is probably going to have to disagree with me on that one, am I correct? I agree uh, with you, well, Terrence. Every word you just said, pal. Hallelujah. Alright, so, uh, Judas Be My Guide. Yeah, Judas was their guide. If you flip over the first album, uh, Dave Murray was dressed like K.K. Downing, Dennis Stratton was dressed like Glenn Tipton, and, uh, Paul Deano was dressed as, uh, Rob Halford, so Judas was their guide back then. Uh, but then, you know, then again, Steve Harris was dressed like Pete Way. But, uh, no, no, but, you know, in all fairness, this song sucks. What do you think, Ian? Oh, uh, this is total filler. This is, uh, God damn it. I I hate siding with Dr. Fuck for so much. Two albums in a row, I fucking hate this shit. And un- unlike Terrence, I do not like the taste of your ass. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I have to agree, this is total filler. Um, but, but in the grand scheme of things, I can deal with it, but God, it has. This should not be an Iron Man album. This should be on like a solo album by uh, any member, but not on a an official Maiden album. Judas be my guide. <clears throat> what do you think, Ter- uh, Josh? Disappointed, Ian. Oh, Very I'm disappointed. Oh, I'm sorry. Judas be my guide is excellent. This is one of the very first songs of Fear of the Dark that I loved. Honestly, it's just great. Chorus, it's just ah. Oh. Um, this song is a possibly, it's possibly. I'm not 100 on this, but it's possibly everybody's bad side being able to sell anything at any price. Like he has to do his mom. 
He sold yeah. his mother to for a price. Ralph did too. <laughs> hey, he's attacking me, Ian. <laughs> hey, hey, he's trying to be funny. It's cute. <laughs> he's trying to be funny at our expense. <laughs> <laughs> at our mom's expense, no less. Oh man, this is the this is the best episode ever, man. We have parents like attacking us, man. Number eleven is a weekend warrior. Ooh. And you know what? You're never gonna expect this. I love this song. I love Weekend Warrior, and I hate soccer. Goddamn! But that, but that's what this song is about. You know, it's right about a soccer fan. You know, uh, that gets crazy. And uh, once again, this is another one has no place on an Iron Maiden album. Uh, and this is well, well better suited for a Bruce Soul album, but I like the song. I think it's catchy. Uh, but I hate soccer. Everybody should watch American football, but, uh, nobody agrees with me, but America. Uh, but I do love this song. Terrence, what do you think? Um, and I hate, I hate to agree with you, Ian, but... Again, I love this song, Weekend Warrior, not to confuse me with the song that Ted Nugent did from his album of the same name 14 years earlier. I think Maiden's Weekend Warrior slaughters Motor City Madmouth Ted Nugent's by a cunt here. What do you have to say, Ralph? This song is pure fucking shit. I hate Weekend Warrior. Fuck this song. And fuck everybody that likes it. What do you think, Josh? <laughs> Weekend Warrior is about football hooligans. It's about football hooligans who like to cause trouble at football matches. And Ian, like you, I hate football. I hate soccer. I hate football. I mean, I like to play with some friends, like in like a car park or something. But yeah, it's about it. Don't, don't go big matches. I don't watch it on the telly. Nothing. Uh, Weekend Warrior. I love the song. I love. Oh, and I think it's perfect for an Iron Maiden song. I love it. And All we right. come to the closing salvo of the Fear of the Dark album. It's epic title cut, and I fucking dig this tune. The way it begins with Bruce Dickinson singing in the low register for a change, and then when the pace comes up, picks up, Bruce starts singing in his normal yelping tenor thing, and it just keeps going fast and fast and fast, and then it ends just like it begins with the quiet, relaxing thing, and Bruce ending the album and his tenure with Maiden for eight years with the Man Who Walks Alone. And I'm not alone saying that this song rules. What do you have to say about it, Josh? One Maiden fan doesn't love this song. Generally, come on, generally. No, be honest. If you don't like this song, I don't think you can claim to be an Iron Maiden fan. But, but, yeah, it's obvious what this song's about, and um, it goes over amazing live, hey, you know, when they go into the quiet bit after the intro, everyone gets their lights up in the air, it's great. It's just, atmosphere and everything is just brilliant. Go on in. The only thing I can say that I like about this song is it reminds me of the episode where Terrence got fired and Josh got hired. 
<laughs> okay, uh, fine, quit. Uh, shut up. Yeah, you're not existing anymore. Uh, it's not a bad song. Uh, it's okay. But is it on par with the epics? I mean, really. In the grand scheme of things, do you really put Fear the Dark, you know, up there with fucking Phantom of the Opera? Uh, yes, people do. And with, I think I'm one of them. And I think, uh, okay, hey, okay. hey, 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 I put it, I put it further up there than Phantom of the Opera. Oh, okay, okay, oh. okay. Okay, that, that, that's topical. And then that's why you replace Terrence on the show. Um... You know, but, uh, you know, Ram the Ancient Mariner, I mean, there's so many other epics that are great. It's not a bad song by any means, but I do not think it deserves where it's at in the set list, where it's at, you know, in in, in the Maiden Hall of Fame. Uh, I don't get it. But, you know, fuck it. Terrence is gone. You're the new guy. So. Going rough. Okay. So, uh, here's what I think about Fear of the Dark. And, uh, and I'm going to sound like Terrence now. But, uh, and I'm not, and, and me and Terrence are very different when it comes to what versions. And I'm amazed Terrence didn't mention this, uh, what version he liked more. But I really hate a real dead one, real live one. I don't know which one this is on, but I actually do like the Fear the Dark version on the live album more than the studio version, though. The studio version, I fucking love. This is one song. I have to agree with Josh. It is, uh... Man, if you're a Maiden fan, you have to love this. And I guess I am a Maiden fan. See, here's the thing that a lot of people think that I'm this Iron Maiden hater. Look, you know, okay, I admit it. I don't like later Maiden stuff. I hate it. But believe me, most of you guys weren't even born when I was walking into a store buying the first Maiden album or Killers. I'm a hardcore, old-school Maiden fan. I still adore that shit and play it constantly. And um, Fear the Dark has those elements that I love about Iron Maiden. And the little sing-along part, the, the mellow part, the, the heaviness, and uh, it, it's just it's just a great, great, great song and an awesome ending to a shitty album. Uh, so, in retrospect... Tell you the truth, Ralph. My favorite version of Fear of the Dark is the studio version to set the record. That's a first, because every every time you judge songs, you always pick the live version over it. Because uh, I'm a live fan. I know, well, obviously. So, um, what do you call? It? So, uh, in uh, retrospect, this album, as I said before, is a shit sandwich. Two strong pieces of bread. Be quick or be dead, and then Fear of the Dark and everything in the middle. I just can't get into, man. And I have tried. Even, especially when the album came out, and I remember they were coming to town, and I tried to listen to it as much as I can so I can, you know, be aware of it when I saw it live. And I do remember seeing them, uh, let's see if my memory is correct. The songs they played live when I saw them that night was Be Quick, Be Dead, From Here to Eternity, Afraid to Shoot Strangers was played, uh, Wasted Love, and uh, Fear the Dark. I don't think they did anything else. Maybe Judas, no, I don't think so. But, but they did a lot. Fun. Yeah, they did a lot of songs from this album live. And uh, and that's, that that was probably one of the worst times I saw Maiden as well. It wasn't really a good show. Um, and uh, that's all I can say about Fear of the Dark. I'm not a fan. Uh, 
Go ahead, uh, wrap, wrap it up, Terrence. Okay, I think I will, Ralph. Since this is probably most likely going to be my swan song from the show, thanks to you got that right. Yes. Um, I want to thank everyone for being with me, and I'm going to miss being on this podcast. Sad that I got fired by Ian, um, but I will go on record saying that Fear for the Dark is in the top ten Maiden albums of all time, as far as I'm concerned at probably number eight on my top ten Maiden albums of all time. Um, I have a weak spot to the album, and coming back to it this past April sort of just brought the album into the top ten where it stands now. And um, what, and I do like it better than No Prayer for the Dying, but that's just me. And, uh, you know, I saw Maiden in 2000 on the Breathe New World Tour, and if they only played Fear of the Dark today, at least they played... The album's arguable best track on the album, although A Three to Shoot Strangers is just a hair ahead as favorite song on the album as far as I'm concerned. But um, I'm going to miss everybody, and uh, unless Ian wants to rehire me, I'll say farewell to all your listeners. Goodbye. All right, uh, I'd just like to say, uh, no, you will never hear Terrence again. He's done. Um... <laughs> Fear the Dark, uh, god damn. It, it came out, I was so in love with fucking Iron Maiden, but in hindsight, horrible production. Um, Martin Birch, I think, really was just like, hey, he signed his name, it was way too much Steve Harris, and no band should do that. I think every band needs a producer. When they just, uh, sign off, there's always a problem. Um, too much keyboards, too much Steve Harris, bad production. Um, definitely the downfall in the U.S. of Iron Maiden at this point because um, they had nothing to offer. Grunge was on the rise and uh, history lessons were on the downfall. But... Um, I, I love Iron Maiden. They, they they came back. They made some great albums afterwards. Uh, I love Brave New World. I think it's an incredible album. Um, God damn it. Fear of the Dark is not one of them. But, um, man, I want to thank Josh for coming on and, uh, and giving his opinion. And uh, it's the first of many opinions since he's replacing Terrence on uh, the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. Josh has to give his summary about Fear of the Dark. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't matter. He's already got the gig because Terrence is just horrible. Uh, true story. Uh, hey, 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 guys, guys. On go- the other main albums you've talked about, um, Ian, I do agree with you on. I agree with you and Terrence on Somewhere in Time. Okay. There you go. Somewhere in Time, excellent album, one of my top four main albums ever. I might even prefer it a little bit over Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. I agree. I agree. Fair enough. Fair enough. Shut up, Terrence. You're off the show. (laughs) You you might want to repeat that again because you just said I was fired. You're cutting off Josh, our new (laughs) co-host. But, um, yeah, um, Seventh Son and... I think I, I know you say I know you say you you don't like I know Ian you say you don't like it as much as um other 
as most people. So I therefore probably like it more than you do. But I don't know. What what album is that? I'm sorry. Seventh Seventh Son. I I I, I, lo- I love Seventh Son. I just uh, I don't like it as much as uh uh somewhere in time. No, that might be the case for me as well. I don't know. Okay. But if I is the case, but it's not by much at all. Alright, so that's our summary and I just want to tell all three of you guys that I can't wait till you become like old like me when you have young people schooling you on albums that you think are shitty that they think is good. Because it's really like, you, you know, Grandpa over here is like, you guys are fucking crazy liking this garbage passing off, putting it above the first maiden and, you know, oh man, come on, man. And, and hey, for the record, Diano is the best era. Him and Clyde Burr, it was a different band. They were more pissed off, they were hungrier. But hey, it's just me. I like heavy metal. Maybe that's why I like it more than the later Maiden stuff, okay? Not to take something away from the first three Bruce albums, which I love, but I still love the Diano stuff more. And I hate everything afterwards with a a track here and there. Uh, I do like basically almost every, off every Maiden album, there is, I could find a song or two I like after Power Slave, but uh, I am an Iron Maiden fan, even though I don't like the later stuff. I own all the Iron Maiden, believe it or not, even the crappy stuff, because I'm a completist, and I always give things a chance. Like, when they the, the next time they release an album, I will listen to it and try to get into it, like I have with every Maiden album. I'm not this type of guy that's just going to hate stuff for the sake of hating stuff. I give everything a chance, and I've given Iron Maiden so many chances on their newer stuff that, come on, man, I can only come to one conclusion. This ain't for me, man. Give me the first five million albums. That's where I upped the irons back then. Over there, I put it down. I listened to some Judas Priest. So that's what I have to say about uh, uh, Iron Maiden and, and this show and you guys. That, you know, I think all three of you guys are cool, and I'm the type of guy that doesn't take uh, different opinions to heart. I got a thick skin. If you guys bash me, I laugh about it because, you know, I know... I, I know what I like and I know what I hate. And if you guys love what I hate, hey man, I don't care. So you shouldn't care that if I hate it, you know? That's my point, not only to you three guys, but to everybody out there. Come on, man. Grow, grow some fucking testicles and stop being so fucking touchy. Get thick skin and fucking realize that not everybody's got to agree on everything. Because if we all agree on everything, it would be as boring as fear is a dark so, I want to say goodbye to Ian, Taryn, Josh. Thank you so much for being part of our podcast. Uh, it was a pleasure, buddy. I know me and you disagree, but I really thought that you brought uh, a nice, healthy prospect to this show. And I uh, thank you for uh, for being part of it, man. And hail to England, as Man of War said. Thank you, all three of you, for letting me come on. It's been very enjoyable. Can't wait for it to go up. Yeah. Um, right now I'm having little tears in my eyes saying since Ian fired my ass I'm going to say goodbye to all of the listeners unless you people petition to reinstate me I will say goodbye to everybody goodbye I I would just like to say uh, yeah Terrence you you did good for a while but uh, the the kids they like Josh better you know, Josh has got that youthful look uh, that the girls like. Um, 
And I would also like to bring up, uh, this is the part of the show where we bring up something that we would like our listeners to listen to. And this is a very important part of the show. And I would like to bring up the brand new album by Overkill that is called White Devil Armory. And you motherfuckers need to go buy White Devil Armory by Overkill because this shit is fucking awesome. It is fucking metal like a motherfucker. And it is a great, great, great album. Ralph, you got a pick? Man, I cannot agree with you more, though. I mean, I would have picked this one because I love the new Overkill. And Overkill has never really disappointed me ever. I liked all their albums. But this new one, man, it's like, damn, it's even better than the last three, four, I think. I think it's the best album they've done since uh, From the Underground Below. And I think everything in between has been great. Uh, and I am honored to say that my band Thrasher Die will be opening for Overkill. Uh, by the time this airs, uh, we already did it because we're opening for them like in about a month. And we're so backlogged with episodes. I think we have like three months worth of episodes before we get to this one. But, uh, oh, what a great album. Uh, my pick would be Satan, a band called Satan. And uh, their new, well, the album last year was called Live Sentence. Uh, to me, it was the best released last year. I highly recommend that album, Satan. And you know, look back uh, at their older stuff because this is the first time they did in like 100 million years. And to me, it's like uh, the greatest comeback album uh, like Blood of the Nations except even better. And I love the hell out of that Blood of the Nations. Uh, Terrence, you got a pick for us? I'll let, go- I'll let Josh go first. On this Tuesday, specific um, Ace Freely is releasing a little new solo album called Space Invader. Just, you can hear three of his songs online already. Definitely go for it. And I'm gonna go with something ancient, unlike everyone here. I urge people uh, to pick up. Phil Collins, no jacket required. <laughs> hey, listen, asshole. I am not picking a Phil Collins album, you stupid motherfucker. Well, well I mean, as it is your last pick. Killroy was here by Sticks. Kilroy was here by Sticks. How's that? There you go. Kilroy was here by Sticks is my pick. Mr. Roboto, Don't Let It End, Heavy Metal Poison and Cold War. A lot of people hate this album, but I love it. Yeah. And uh, since it's my final pick, why not Kilroy was here by Sticks? All right, all right, and his, Tramp's famous last words. His, his favorite song is Almost Paradise by uh, Ann Wilson and Mike Reno from fucking Loverboy. Hey. Of the of uh, the Footloose soundtrack, Almost no. Paradise. Ian's favorite song is "Cry Me a River" by Justin Timberlake because that's what he's doing right now. He's crying like a fucking bitch that I have people calling him an asshole for firing me. Ah, but I still have a job. Uh, Ian, come on, give everybody the the four one one on how to you know hook up with us and all that stuff. All right, there's many ways to enjoy the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. You can come on Podbean, check us out. You can come on iTunes. You can come on YouTube. There's very many ways to enjoy it. The only way not to enjoy it is to go on Terrence Reardon's 2.0 version. Because that shit's just terrible. Hey, Ian, I hope you die in a fiery car wreck, you motherfucker. <laughs> That's why I take the bus. Anyway. Hey, hire my... Rehire Terrence now. All right, all right. And that's why everybody hates people from Massachusetts. 
But, uh, yes, that's true. Um, I am. I am an asshole. But thank you for listening to Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Enjoy it. Uh, the reason why Josh was a special guest today because Josh fucking went out of his way. Josh went and talked to us. Come on the pages. Come on YouTube. Come on uh, Facebook. Talk to us. And uh, we're very happy to have Josh. And that could be you. You could be the next guy on The Price is Right. Come to us on the on the on the rock and metal combat podcast. I'm I'm too drunk to do this shit. Somebody else close this out. All right, Ralph? I think I will since it's my swan. Song. Oh oh oh! Fuck you! You're fired, Ralph. It's up to you. <laughs> no. No no I'm no rehired. no no! You're fired. Shut up, Ralph. Go ahead. Okay. No. Again, I want to thank Josh and Josh. You've been a good sport. I know Iron Maiden Fear of the Dark is your favorite album, and yet they listen to Bonehead Americans bash your favorite album. I apologize, but I can't change my opinion. It could because us people in America, we have lower IQs than British people. We don't know good music when we hear it. So you are superior to me, my friend. Don't be don't be uh, offended because I'm an idiot. Okay. <laughs> All right. Not offended. Yeah. You have any, you have any uh, final words for us, man, Josh? Um. No, not really. Just All thanks right, for having cool. me. Just thanks right. for having me. And You're fired you. too. God damn it. <laughs> Alright guys, so we're signing off. Uh, this has been a very extremely long episode. Uh, we might have to cut it in two parts. We'll see. Anyway, so uh, good night everybody. Good night England. Good night. Lights night. out London.